on a personal level, just my own personal beliefs, I believe in the collective consciousness or the um, the unity consciousness of humanity, especially. Um, and I think that we're all kind of coming to a point, you know, with what's happening with our climate, what's happening with our social situations, what's happening within our culture, what's happening to our children and all of that kind of stuff, that we're all getting kind of this inherent sense of, hang on a minute, I'm not sure about this. I don't know if this is right. Welcome to the second episode of Kat's podcast. I'm Kat, your host, and today you're gonna get the first interview of the Freedom Lifestyle Edition, as promised in episode one. So if you listen to episode one, that's where I give a little introduction into my life, into my way of living, how I got to where I am today, what brought me to living a freedom lifestyle and how I define it. And since I firmly believe in the good that more freedom in our lives can bring, more happiness and more health and just a greater well-being in general for all of us and for our planet, my aim is to show you different versions of a freedom lifestyle. Maybe you can relate to one or the other and just pick some inspiration out of it. Kicking off this series of episodes on freedom lifestyle, is my friend Ayo from New Zealand. To me, Ayo is the personification of creative energy and unconventional living and thinking. And in this talk, we dive deep pretty fast. So don't be intimidated. We're talking about what it means to live your freedom, what time freedom can do for your creativity, the importance of self-inquiry on your way to creating more freedom, And while leaving a relationship, in Ayo's case, it's leaving her husband, could be just one sign of a greater conscious shift. So, let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Ayo. Hi. So, when we met three years ago now, we met in a, in a setting that's unusual in itself because we met in a guest house where we lived long term at that point and where um, you were staying as well and when I met you you were already this you were already this free soul you just I remember you just packed up everything you had basically all your belongings somewhere in a storage or in your car and you were kind of touring around the country And when we met, it was just this, like, it was love at first sight, I describe it. And we were drawn to each other. And maybe part of that was was um, because we were living our freedom. So um, tell me or tell us a little bit about your life at the moment. And where are you right now, for starters? Oh, cool. Thanks. Yes, it was love at first sight. Um, immediately with you. You're amazing and thank you very much. This is an awesome opportunity for me. So um, <laughs> my my life at the moment is um, very free. I don't uh, work a typical nine-to-five job. I am a massage therapist, so um, I have clients that come to me during the day and the evening. Um, and I also um, have a small online uh, store called Hello Again Collective, and I sell um, uh, upcycled and recycled high-end secondhand fashion. 
which is really cool. Um, and I also am a writer. So that's currently why <clears throat> my life is so free at the moment because time uh, is very important to me, especially with the project that I've got going on at the moment with the book that I'm writing. So um, I'm an Auckland. Mm. Um, I'm not in I'm in the very, very kind of outskirts of Auckland and West Auckland up by Titarangi, which is a beautiful, beautiful place in the bush. Um, it's great. Uh, it's really close. Well, well, I'm in the bush, so super close to nature and really good for um, just distillation and quiet. So I can really focus on getting these ideas and thoughts out of my head. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can totally relate to that. I mean, in general, New Zealand is such a good spot for that. Just having this, all this beautiful nature around and these wide open spaces where you can really feel that you can breathe and you can create. And yeah, it's just such a great environment for all of that. Mm. Um, but let me just um, go back to you saying you're back in Auckland because for a long time you haven't been. I mean, I saw you there this morning and I saw the view out of your room and it's really just native bush and all the ferns and the the lush green environment. And this doesn't even seem like a, so it's, it's not a city life. And, but where have you been before? Tell us a bit about maybe your past two years, because I know that you've been traveling around the country a lot and you lived in many, many places on the North Island. And I think that's an, that's an interesting thing to, um, to hear how you, how you live like that and how you, um, how you structured or not structured uh, your day living in, in different places. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's been, it's been an interesting one. Um, I didn't actually design or plan uh, for the last two years to be this way. Um, so in 2016, I um, had a significant relationship breakup. And after that, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't really know who I was. I didn't really know um, what I liked or where I wanted to be or anything like that. I'd spent um, all of my life working really hard, uh, uh, getting generated, trying to generate money, um, doing all of the things that society basically tells us that we should do for a successful life. And I'd come out the end of that relationship not inherently and incredibly unhappy and I couldn't figure out why I mean I'd done all the things I'd ticked all the boxes I'd had the successful career and the the wonderful husband and the I suppose uh, uh, at the probably the, the start of winter um, in 2017 I started to realize that um, I didn't really know where I wanted to stop and create life so I thought that I'd just go around and try lots of different places and see where I wanted to stop and even if it wasn't New Zealand so um, I spent the uh, remaining portion of the year down in the South Island having a look around there uh, trying different jobs um, trying different um, trying different ways of living, uh, communal living, um, kind of living in a hostel like where, where I met you, um, woofing, that kind of thing, just to see 
what what was um what was available, especially um with this ethos that I had of not being uh, not being willing to um, sell my time to the highest bidder. So I decided that my time was was precious to me and, and most important to me, and I wanted to use that time to um, experience this this lifestyle mm-hmm. of freedom and and this way of living that was completely outside of the norm. That was really, really mm-hmm. different to um, everything that society kind of tells us, you know, the way that we should structure our lives and that kind of thing. It was it was totally different and a complete 180 for me, really. I mean, coming from such a, um, I mean, I don't like to use this word, but normal lifestyle, you know, where I would get up in the morning and I'd have my breakfast and I'd kiss my family goodbye and then go to work. I didn't know I knew that I didn't want to have my life structured like that but I didn't know how to to live any other way so um in terms of like designing or um or or figuring out how this freedom lifestyle was going to work I basically just had to throw myself into complete right off the right into the deep end so I didn't have a house I was living in my car all of my things was in storage I was going from place to place to place to place to place trying to figure out where or how even this kind of lifestyle could work for me because I guess Mm. we're not really we're not really I think we I I believe that from my experience now I believe we are actually designed to live this way I think it it feels to me like a lot more um, natural than the way that I was living, but to actually get out and to, um, to do it and to experience something completely different was actually really hard. So yeah, by design, um, kind of, kind of, it was a kind of a little bit of a uh, trial and error really. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally relate to that because for me it was much in many ways, the, the, the same, so I also kind of stumbled into my self-employment and then kind of stumbled into my freedom lifestyle. And the, like the more I experienced it, the more I wanted it. And it was just a on ongoing and deeper going thing, kind of. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned, and I I find this really interesting in, in many ways. Um, You mentioned that uh, back in 2016, you left your husband. So... Was this one of the defining moments for you to live in a different way? Yeah, it really was. I mean, I, I wasn't <clears> – <throat> now when I look back on it, I um, I had a really beautiful life uh, with my with my ex-husband, and um, I love those. I love my family very much. Um, but I – needed I, I I'm not even sure that it was me consciously but I know that my something deeper was calling me into a life of less structure outside of societal norms I had been um I had been meditating a lot I'd been um a student of meditation for the past three years um at a at sometimes quite extreme levels I was um, studying lots of different things, lots of different spiritual teachings and that kind of stuff. And I'd got to a point where I was finding, I was finding too much restriction within this normal kind of structured life that I had. And yeah, so that, um, the decision to leave my husband wasn't an easy one. 
but it kind of forced me out of the cocoon or the bubble and really gave me um, the opportunity to really like kind of unpack and dissect what I had thought about normal life or how life should be and try lots of different things to try and find out what actually fitted for me as an individual unique person. Because I'm definitely not saying that the way that I live my life now would would suit many people. It won't. But it definitely suits me. And I think that's something that I would I would never feel um I don't know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have found out for myself. You know, like I this is this is me now, you know, like this is me. I'm finally comfortable, finally happy, finally living in a way that really speaks to me mm. and my soul and my unique personality. And I'm, you know, just, I'm just very grateful for life at the moment. Mm, beautiful is said. <laughs> I love that. So first of all, thank you for your, for your openness and for sharing this, because this is something really intimate and on the other hand, it's it's kind of a classic for many people. Once they're in their mid thirties, forties, maybe mid forties, like I've I've seen a lot of relationship struggles within the past months, and I think often it's it's really a like an, a crossroads in your life where like okay, what am I gonna do? On one hand, I'm super scared to to leave this person and to dive into the unknown kind of but on the other hand I have this feeling that this life at the moment doesn't work for me anymore there's 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 got to be something else out there so um although you said that your life probably wouldn't fit a lot of people this might be a really inspiring moment for them and that's what we're here for trying to um trying to be inspirational and inspire people to do something different and to to take that leap of faith or to go that one step further and and to try something yeah. new i mean yeah to- yeah i the decision to to leave my life was not an easy one and i mean the, the you're right like there are so many people going through um this kind of thing at the moment i think there is I don't, I, I believe in a lot. Um, I, on a personal level, just my own personal beliefs, I believe in the collective conscious consciousness or the, um, the unity consciousness of humanity, especially. Um, and I think that we're all kind of coming to a point, you know, with what's happening with our climate, what's happening with our social situations, what's happening within our culture, what's happening to our children and all of that kind of stuff that we're all getting kind of this inherent sense of hang on a minute, I'm not sure about this. I don't know if this is right. Something doesn't feel right. You know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not inherently satisfied. And I, that's definitely where I came to. Like I, I remember um, in the lead up to um, my, the dissolution of my marriage that I was just trying everything. You know, I was, we were going away. We were um, going at this. I wanted us to pack up our lives and move into a bus, you know, like I was trying and trying and trying, but the, the thing I think really for me was really that, you know, if you can't, that two people need to be on the same wavelength and the same, same expansive journey, or at least be allowing of the, of the other one to kind of, you know, 
I don't know, explore that within the relationship. And it's really hard. I mean, you get used to the way that somebody is and you get used to life and it's comfortable and it's good, you know, like it's nothing's inherently wrong, but it's all good. But, you know, you just, I don't know, I just, yeah, there's, the, I've, I've questioned myself a lot about, about this, you know, like I, why couldn't I just be happy and satisfied? But there's just something, there's always been something within me that's always questioned. I was always that kid when at school, you know, I was like always asking why, always asking why it was that, you know, the, the teacher's worst nightmare, you know, they tell me something and I'd be like, what, you know, even if it was really logical, you know, I just wanted to, I just wanted, to, I just wanted to know. And I wanted to, to see things from, I had a, this really strange perspective on everything, and and I think yeah, or maybe just go to the yeah. to the core of things, like why, why, yeah, but yeah, why, exactly. but why, and really? I think that's that's <laughs> what happened. What happened? Why? And and the question was always directed towards myself, like why am I inherently unhappy with this? And I mean, my, the last two years have not been easy to come to come to this point now where I'm actually satisfied with what I have, where I'm at and how my life is structured has not been easy. You know, like I have sacrificed a lot to get here and been through, and been through a lot of mm. like, I got really like fundamentally depressed at the, towards the end of 2017 and um, start of 2018, just because I didn't actually know how to function. Like I, I was trying all of these new things and trying to set up my life based on other people's ideas. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know, it was just, yeah, freedom, freedom for me is freedom within myself. So I was still trying to set up my life according to a certain set of values that other people had, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me and how I wanted to be and how mm. I wanted to live. So I had to, yeah, it was, it was hard. It was definitely, it was definitely hard, but man, like I'm so, I'm so grateful for my perseverance actually. And that I'm just not, I'm, I have this really inherent and amazing ability to even those people are coming at me and going, this is terrible. You need to do better because well, I've had incredible family pressure, as you can imagine. You need to do this. And why don't you have in the blow and the children and the house and the thing? I still am able to be really true to myself and go into my heart and go, hey, hang on, guys, actually, that's not for me. Like I'm, this is the way that I want to live. And I'm really happy that I have. Yeah, it's not been easy, but man, it's worth it. This is actually a super, uh, super um, important and aspect to to touch on because you said that you, for a long time, you were way too much attached to the values of others, to the probably to the expectations of others in some kind of way. And I'm just thinking about this. I don't know. We're still in an, in our society. We're still in this like bubble of comparison. So what do we do every day? We compare ourselves to to other people, and this can be so devastating. I mean, I'm going I'm going through this, or I'm touching this this subject almost every day, and that's one thing I'm working on at the moment comparing myself less to others and so I find it super super interesting what you're saying and I think it's also so valuable for the people listening now that to read to be able to really find ourselves we have to 
detach from others' values. And we also have to, um, a lot of the time, I think, detach from social expectations. I think it's something that holds so many people back. It's all these expectations that are pressing on them from outside, from society, or maybe it's the education system. It's it's the work setup, the work environment they're in. It's, as you said, family expectations. So do you have any any tips or was there something along your journey that really helped you detach from that and find yourself? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, meditation is really important, is really important for me. I um, actually don't know how I would have got through life without my daily meditation practice. And whether it's just five minutes, you know, like if, I, if I'm going to, you know, I'm going to a market and I'm five minutes early and I get my five minutes and then, or, you know, I'm going um, at the end of a massage, you know, my client leaves and I've got 30 minutes and I can do it. Then I don't, um, I try, have, I have been in a really like um, very super structured me- um, meditation routine, but I know that, you know, like when you're living a free lifestyle, you want to be more free with that kind of stuff. So to be free in my meditation, but I don't know how I'd get through life without it. I mean, the, the importance of self-inquiry, I, um, personally cannot think of any more noble pursuit for humanity. Um, but I, I don't, you were talking about detaching from society and I just want to, I wanted to talk about that because that is, that's one of the, we are, we are, we are clan animals you know we are in our in our primeval selves we are you know we're community based we're we put into a structure community and that community has a certain set of values upon it which um tell us how to live and once you detach yourself from that and you say i am not participating in this until i find out what my own values are you can come up against some incredible incredible um resistance from the um society that you're trying to extract yourself and that can be really lonely like to try to take yourself away to take yourself away from that and all of those competitive values you know you were talking about how you compare yourself to other um, other people that are potentially living this life or that you you know that you look up to and that kind of stuff the comparing we this matrix kind of thing that we live in I, I like to call it the matrix because I'm a big fan of those movies and it just kind of totally fits but this kind of this kind of um, construct of this matrix that we live in is designed to keep us doing that and the more that we compare ourselves to other people, the further away we get from this idea of sovereignty or this idea of total freedom within ourselves because we're always going to be constrained by the idea of what we think that we should be by comparison to others. So I to, to stop to and to actually stop doing that when it is so totally ingrained in ourselves. I mean, we go to school or even kindy and the first thing we do is, you know, like, oh, this person got a gold star because they ate all of their crackers for lunch. Well, I didn't eat all the crackers, <laughs> so I didn't eat a star. You know, yeah, but it starts there. It totally, it like, and I'm not saying that it's inherently wrong. But I'm saying that it, that's when it starts, and we get and it just gets it gets further and further, and it gets really insidious until we actually don't notice it anymore. Like we're not even noticing the fact that 
I've got a lunch meeting today um, with a, a group of freedom entrepreneurs. And the first thing I think about is like, oh, wow, what am I going to wear? Oh, I'm such a, okay, how am I going to like, you know, and all of this kind of thing about worrying about what those people are going to think about me because of my outward appearance. And I, the reason that I'm going is not because of that. But it's that kind of thing, you know, it's like, I don't know, I'm kind of, I might be segueing total, totally off into another tangent, but that 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 idea that we need to base ourselves and our own personal experience on somebody else's set of values, I mean, it keeps us safe. It keeps us within the societal structure that we've been born into or that we want to participate in, but it actually doesn't generate any kind of um, freedom within ourselves or any kind of sovereignty or any kind of way that we can um, express ourselves and know ourselves as an individual, as a completely unique individual Mm. too. Uh, that's why we we join in community groups because it's safe and because we inherently want to be part of, you know, we want to be part of, we want to be seen and we want to be, you know, part of something. So that part of it, the detachment part was really hard. You know, like I took myself away from everything. I lost a lot of friends. Um, I lost contact with my family. I, because I, because I really wanted to just not, like it's, you can know yourself through, so, you know, you can know yourself within your, when you're in your family group and doing all that kind of work. But for me, it was really distillation of self. Like I wanted to know myself. Like I wanted to know what I was, who I was, how I felt about things and what was going on for me and what I wanted for my life. Completely fundamentally apart from all of this like outside construct. And it was it was pretty hard. But I did really, I did learn a lot. And I have come out of it with some pretty interesting ideas about things, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know from people's experiences when they, um, for when they have a change in life or when they make this 180 degree turn, it's, um, that's what often comes up, that they lose friends or lose people that they have been have been friends with but that's just not working out anymore or they're not on the same wavelength anymore so i yeah it might be kind of a kind of a clearing process hey yeah yeah i think i think it is i mean once you i th- also i i believe a lot in um the body's inherent electromagnetics so when you start changing your mind you start creating new brain synapses and neural pathways in terms of which, what things stimulate you to make what choices, you start to change your vibration and the people around you experience that through your own inher- your body's own inherent electromagnetic field. So you start becoming and feeling different mm. to them and that's why those changes, that's why those changes in those relationships occur. Like I, I really noticed that, that when I started to change my mind and started to really feel like what was it, change my ideas and feel what was really important to me, that that's when those things, those relationships really started to change for me because I didn't, I didn't agree. I didn't, I wasn't, um, uh, I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't think that what they were doing was inherently bad because I had been a part of it. So I understood, but I just knew that it wasn't right for me. And when I changed, yeah, those, I don't know, it's just, 
Unapologetic uniqueness. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool phrasing. I like that. And as you said, it's not bad. No, it isn't. But it's just not serving you or it's not serving your growth process. And I find Mm. this super, super interesting that how our bodies change and how our vibration changes. And I know it might be too much to dive into that deeper on this interview, but I'd love, love, love to <laughs> check with you again on <laughs> on this another time because I know that you've done energy work and so I can I can relate to the topic, but I'm no expert at all. But I find it's um it's such a good one and it's such such an amazing and eye-opening topic. And also something a lot of people haven't heard yet, or they might think, oh, this is kind of cray cray or woo woo, and I don't, I don't believe in it. But honestly, I think there's something behind it. And this is also what a freedom lifestyle is for, or just experiencing different things and experiencing this world in a different way, not just in this completely scientific you have to prove it way but also in a yeah in a more vibrational way and Mm -hmm. this of course would lead to the topic of manifestation because if you said that when you change your thoughts you change your vibration and you change what you attract so um yeah but this will probably be be a whole new New topic, another time. <laughs> yeah, totally. But let's um, let's hop on to something a bit more everyday because I think what a lot of people struggle with these days, and I can say that from my own experience, because 10 years ago I was still working in this communications agency in Berlin and I was highly stressed. I was just buzzing around all the time, running around in my high heels. And then eventually came the point, I think it was about nine years ago, where I was really running scarily close to the edge of a burnout. And I was just constantly sick that year and I knew it was time for a break. So that's when I ended up quitting my job. And that's when I personally set into motion my whole freedom lifestyle process. And looking back, it's it's done so much good for my health, my mental health my well-being, decreasing my stress levels. And um, that's really something I want to hold on to. And that's part of why I'm living the way I do. And I'm curious on your opinion on this or your experience on this, because this is a real asset that we've created with the lives we're living. So um, have you any... Any concrete examples or any errors in your life where you can say, yes, my freedom lifestyle definitely helped me to increase my mental health or my general health or just get rid of daily headaches or whatever it is? Mm. Yeah, well, it's funny. I I tried to get back into um, normal life last year. I I took on an office job. Oh, God. Where I was... (laughs) Yeah, and I was required to be there from 8.30 till 5 during the week. 
and I um, initially was quite happy for the routine. I mean, I'm I'm in a kind of a routine, I guess, in my life. I, I do the things that I do to create the outcomes I want. But that was really, really different. And I I noticed a significant drop in my um, mental health hmm. and my physical health uh, because I was sitting um, from 8.30 till 5 every day and I had been I'm – I'm a very active person, so I don't sit a lot during the day. Like I'm – I have a standing desk. I, um, I'm moving all the time, taking photos for my website. You know, like I, I, I'm a very active person. And to go into that kind of um, state of stasis, like – I, I started getting really sick. I started to um, started to have these thoughts that would – it was the – irrespective of the physical side because I was still doing my yoga practice and I was still doing meditation, so that wasn't too bad. But the mental health, just the – you know, I couldn't just – I couldn't just go. I couldn't just go, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I'm this <laughs> – there's something really beautiful about being able to be flexible in every single moment and to be able to go with the flow. So if something happens, if something comes up, if something, if some opportunity it presents itself to be able to take it and to be able to go with it and go and see what happens, you know, I can, every day I have a, a set kind of, um, uh, set kind of, set of outcomes that I want to achieve but I'm still available to be open and take opportunities that might present themselves to me and I I believe honestly honestly you can't put a price on that you cannot put there's no amount of hourly rate that someone could give me to sit in a chair for eight hours and not be able to take opportunities like that because some of the things that I've done and some of the things that I've experienced I I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the the fact that I reserve my time to be available for those kind of things. Like this, it's just like as you would know, you know, just the it's the space. It's the space, and it's that space in your head. I where, love that. <laughs> I love that. It's the space in your head and in your heart, where you know, and it's that so that those opportunities can flow. I mean, you and I talk a lot about being in the flow, right? Yes, being in this creative flow, being in the flow of the universe, and being in a state of non-resistance because. When you're sitting in an office job like that, and I know that you totally know what I mean, like when you're sitting there, you your body is just naturally in a state of resistance. You can't leave. You're there. You know, this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing for this price. And you can't take opportunities. You can't do these sort of kinds of things. You can't take your dog to the vet. You can't go out and, you know, all of this. You can't go and have a coffee at, with a friend that's just come into town for an hour. You know, you can't do those kind of things. So to yeah, be- yeah. I, I I totally love that because it's um oh man this is just speaking from my heart yes yes and yes it's the space it's all about creating space and I think this is like the like one of the core parts of living your freedom it's creating space it's like having the space be it for the super practical things as you said hey, I just have this appointment at the vet or they are only open from three to five, so I have to go there this afternoon. 
or is it bringing your children to um to kindy in the morning or to school and having this extra hour in the morning that that makes you kind of flexible and i know this is still a struggle for people working in offices in europe i know it's a different kind of thing i think here in new zealand they are bit they are how do you say they are more flexible with that mm. especially here in tananaki yeah But in Europe, people still struggle with that. So sometimes it's a struggle for them to to just get this extra hour in the morning because their work environment is still, still so strict. Mm. But as you said, it's also creating space and being in the flow in a on a meta level probably. Yeah. It's like having this space being able to breathe, being able to create, being able to really think. And that's such a big one for me because I have the comparison. I, touching on creativity here, I worked in this agency environment. I've been working there since 2006. Mm. And it's an environment where you're, constantly you constantly have to produce new ideas and new takes on things and actually it requires a lot of creative energy and a lot of creativity but on the other hand the environment is so restrictive so since I've been working as a freelancer I I feel that I can tap into my creativity in a much better way. And I often ask myself, how can we work or or be creative when we're so, so boxed in? As you said, sitting there at a desk, okay, maybe you can go to the kitchen, grab a coffee, or you have a fancy um whatever kind of a loungy room where you can develop ideas but still it's not the same it's not the same as being able to go outside or having a yoga session in the middle of the day where you can really disconnect from what you've been doing but then on the other hand reconnecting with a greater creative force mm. just from taking this break And clearing your mind for a second and then all the new ideas can flow in. Mm. And I firmly believe that companies, especially like companies that are built on service, that are built on developing creative ideas, they're not really serving themselves when they make people sit at a desk for eight hours straight because no one can concentrate and no one can be creative in that environment no that's totally right it's totally right I completely agree with you yeah it's uh, also a lot of energy to that you could be applying to yourself in your own life but that's oh, that's yeah. a terrifying you know like I think that a lot of people would be really scared to kind of look at that like I I think that those kind of that kind of construct whether you go into that into that environment and you 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 do a task for a thing to create an outcome is just way mm. easier than somebody actually sitting down and going okay so today I've got six hours to create for myself what am I gonna do 
what am I what, for myself? Like, what? How? How do I do that? Like, how do I create for myself? I've always been in a situation where, you know, inherently I have created for somebody else. So how do I create for myself, and what do I do? It's a pretty scary question, really, when you think about it. We we're born into this, you know, into this kind of construct, and and to look at, you know, how. I mean, I know that I, for me, it was, it was really scary. Like, who am I? What am I actually doing outside of this all now? Like, it's the same thing as, you know, like, it's really easy. I go to work. I do my job. I get paid. It's sweet. I go home. I sit on the couch. <laughs> I watch Married at First Sight, whatever, you know. So I don't know. It's, um, yeah. Just let me touch on one thing because you were talking about you're going back to this office job and having this feeling in your in your gut or your like your stomach kind of cramping up and feeling that's that's not right so how did you get out of that one again oh. well um, unfortunately that situation did not end well and it was um it was it was my fault that it did not end well um i uh knew very early on in the um in the uh in the job that I was not meant to be there and mm-hmm. I um I just I and because of that I started to make decisions based on coming from a place of fear rather than a place of love what would be best for the for the greatest good what would be the best thing for me and I um I stayed far too long and in the end my body actually because I'm um because uh, throughout all of this process I've, I've become really 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 in tune with my body and really in tune with my in- intuitive nature and because I was ignoring all of that my body decided to get incredibly incredibly ill <laughs> just really yeah. so what happened um, well uh I'd kind of so I so I decided that I was I I'd told my um my boss that I was leaving And, uh, I was leaving in the middle of a project and they didn't, they didn't really want me to go. And I, uh, said, look, well, look, I, I, you know, okay, well, uh, I, I backtracked and said, oh, okay, well, I'd stay. And the closer that it got, because I'd made the decision in my mind and in my heart to leave on a specific day, the closer mm-hmm. I got to the day, knowing that I wasn't going to be leaving my, I just, the anxiety, like my, my, my guts just, I couldn't eat. Um, I, my breathing became really, really shallow and intense. And even with my breath work and my meditation, I wasn't seemed to able to really calm myself down. The situation that I was working for, um, the company was completely against my set of moral ethics. Um, I still, I still believe like what, what, what they're doing actually isn't inherently criminal, but it is in taking advantage of um, people who are, um, in the main, uh, relatively vulnerable and um, taking a lot of money from them and not providing the service that they uh, have advertised or said that they're going to. Um, yeah, basically, it was not. It was not a good situation. Um, yeah, I, I and so I left suddenly and under a bit of a cloud, kind of with a half finished project and a and a wave of really bad and discontented um, uh, uh, people around me. And it, so it wasn't a good situation, and it's one that I could have dealt with heaps better. But um, in the end, I did uh, end up following my body's own intuitive knowing, which I should have probably done 
I don't know, six to seven weeks prior because I just ended up really, really unwell. So oh. I, um, yeah, I was uh, had vomiting and diarrhea and uh, for probably about three days. So I wasn't not only not able to go, but my body had just worked itself up into such a state that it wasn't, you know, like it wasn't accepting anything from me in terms of food and nutrients and sustenance or anything. It just it, basically we became we got into such a disconnect with each other that it just didn't trust me. My body just didn't trust me at all. It didn't distrust the. It didn't um, trust the decisions that I was making. It didn't trust the situation that I was putting itself in. So it decided. I basically believe that it it took evasive action and just decided to give me a whole lot of um, of symptoms and stress that uh, caused me to not be able to perform the functions that I was trying to achieve by working in that job. This is so interesting to hear, and. It's such a good reminder because it just what you're saying is basically just listen to your body. And our bodies are so wise. They have like this innate wisdom and and I'm only reconnecting with it. I've been only reconnecting with it over the past years. But it's so amazing. Your bodies always know before you consciously totally. know. And this is something this might be a tip for everyone out there listening. If you're not sure what to do or if you're feeling something's off, take the time and listen to your body. Listen a bit longer and figure out what it is because your headaches, they're not just popping up because they, they are headaches and they are popping up. No, they are popping up because something's off. And I've been dealing with like maybe not daily, but frequent, frequent headaches back in my agency days. And like nowadays, I get them every now and then. And I still unfortunately get a migraine every now and then. But it's not in that intensity. And so if you're having headaches, ask yourself why. Listen to your body. If you're having like a, a funny knot in your tummy, that that's meaning mm. something. And yeah, just just listen a bit better. And I think that's... That's already a step towards more freedom and towards more empowerment and finding your true self. Oh, totally. Well, you'd know it through your um, journey with nutrition. So that, oh, yeah. That's one of the big things, I think. Like, it's all very well and good for people, I've noticed, for people to say, oh, listen to your body and listen to your body. But if you – we are given certain – chemicals and certain things that we ingest that actually cause our bodies to kind of get off that whole natural flow of uh, and this natural instinctive so our bodies are the way that we interact with this interface this is this is the way that we we understand our environment it's how we <clears throat> we know that this is hot you know or we know that um mm. over here is cold or it's it's how we know that that person over there in the corner of the room is really sad you know it's how because we see, we we taste, we we hear. It's how we. Our, this body is like a is like a um, super processor for everything that's going on around us. It, it's yeah, I love that. It's processing yeah, yeah. that information all the time. I'm just having a quick look at my questions. There's one question I get probably asked ninety percent of the time when I tell people about my way of living. And the question that comes up is, 
how do you afford this way of living? How do you sustain yourself? Mm -hmm. So is there any hack from your side or what do you say? Is it harder nowadays or easier than before? Is it simply different? Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? Um, yeah, this is it. It's this is the 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 crunch one, really. I mean, <laughs> I had to really look very deeply into what I actually needed. Like we are, we are encouraged to have a lot of things and to believe that we need oh, yeah. a lot of things in our life. And the so I um I had a little bit of money set aside for my uh, year of traveling in 2017. And when it started to come to the end of that, I knew I started. I needed to start generating um, income for myself. So, um, being a massage therapist, that was easy. Because as a massage therapist, you can um, you can easily make appointments and work as much as you want, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. I mean, if I was to stop in one place long enough, um, I um, and and sometimes I did, I would generate um, an, a, a client base really easily because I'm I'm quite good at what I do. So, and I do a specific type of um, massage therapy that generally people don't um, experience. So, um, and it was so it was really easy for me to to generate work. But I think that the key is. So that if you are deciding to have to go into this kind of lifestyle, it's you really need to sit down and decide what you actually need. Like there's a lot of stuff in our in our life, and especially in my life, that I realize that I don't need and I don't need now. You know, um, my life. Oh yeah, living simply or the art of living simply is is beautiful, and it's so freeing. Like I don't have. I can, I don't have it. I don't have anything. And, I, and that used to be a real, a real problem for me, but I don't need anything, you know, like I don't, I don't need a big, a big car and I don't need a fancy such and such. And I don't, I don't need, you know, like even just experiences, like I don't need to go out to the movies every week. I don't need to go and I'm, I'm an amazing cook. So I don't need to, I don't need to go out and have dinner and do all of those kind of things. You know, catching up with friends for me is a coffee and a walk. So it's, oh, I love you saying that. I love you saying that because it's, um, it's pretty much the same that, that I'm experiencing. It's when you, when you look at it, from an from an outside perspective or maybe from a bit a bigger perspective um it's it's setting priorities it's what do you want and then just um working towards that and as you said so if if i want to live like this and i want to have this freedom in my life i might just cut back on some other things but that's okay for me because they are not that important to me And as you said, you don't need that much. Mm -hmm. And talking to people living a similar lifestyle, it often comes down to that. And I find this so interesting because this is a dynamic that could really help turn around this notion of buying more each day, like buying more, more, more and going faster and because this is an economic system that we that we can't sustain totally 
I mean, there can be weeks sometimes where I go without spending any money, except for rent, of course, you know, let's just put, you know, the kind of, and, and rent's only just become a, um, a new thing for me because I've been living, living, um, living remotely, but I, it's, yeah, it's a real, it's a real restructure of priorities, a real restructure of priorities. And um, I mean, I I uh, look at my life sometimes, and I think, you know, if there are a lot, yeah, there's. A, I used to think that having having lots of things and being um, monetarily wealthy was a definition of success. But I actually see. I mean, let's just look at my situation right now. I'm sitting in my lovely warm room in the bush at uh, ten, eleven o'clock in the morning talking to one of my closest friends on a podcast, you know, like I am so lucky. I'm, I'm, I'm unbelievably lucky. Like I, I wake up every day and think about how lucky I am. And I, you know, like the, well, that's the thing. What is the definition? I think we need to start really questioning ourselves a lot about everything. What is the definition of success? What is the definition of, um, yeah. of what is the definition of freedom for us? And are we starting to experiencing experience things now in our society, you know, especially in New Zealand right now, that are starting to limit our ability to have our own in- inherent freedom? And are we becoming more dependent on a set of cer- a certain set of social constructs that aren't inherently working for us or the planet or our environment? Yeah, it's a it's yes. a real big one. That's yes. a real big one. So. Let's um, wrap this up for today with just some rapid fire questions. Okay. Is what 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 is it for you, summer or winter? Oh, 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 summer. Yes. What's your favorite country to travel to? Oh, Italy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Europe. I like that. Yeah, I loved my Italian travels. They were wonderful, wonderful times. Oh, cool. And I know inspiration or inspiration is such a big topic for me because I can really feel how I'm inspired by my environment, by nature, by people every day and how that drives me. And I think inspiration is such a great positive force in our lives. So Is there a person who um, inspired you lately? Um, I have just recently reconnected with a friend of mine from New Plymouth called Jenna Hitchcock, and and she has really inspired me lately um, just through the way that she is living now and the the work that she is doing. uh, in the uh, kind of like expansive healing arts, so she is a real um, inspiration to me. Um, uh, cool, yeah, it's just that's really cool. But um, I don't know. Good. Yeah, yeah, Jenna and you. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you don't have to say that. <laughs> oh, I know I don't have to say that. <laughs> um, and you're. Your ultimate freedom song. Do you have a song you want to share if people want to get into a bit of a freedom groove? Um, um, wow. Oh, ah, oh, ah, Redemption Song by Bob Marley. All right, awesome. 
<laughs> and is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, Just as a, maybe as a motivational line for all the people out there thinking, oh, this all sounds so good, but how can I create more freedom today? Uh, be like a squirrel and break it down into tiny little pieces. The squirrel doesn't collect all of its nuts at once for the winter. It just does it one nut at a time. So freedom comes from small choices and have a cumulative effect in the life. That's what I've found. Oh, I like that. That's such a good image you're giving. Yeah, it's, a, it's, um, it's small steps. It's definitely small steps. Yeah. They yeah. make a really large difference in the end. Yeah, that's how I feel it too. Once you start with one thing, it starts like a like a ripple effect and it just goes out into so many other areas of your life and it just comes together organically. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. All right, so this is a good note to, to end this interview. Be like a squirrel. I like that. Be like a squirrel. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you liked it. I hope you leave inspired. And I'd be super grateful if you would leave a review over on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And also, please make sure to subscribe. That would help me a lot. Thanks so much, guys. See you next week.